Welcome to Racing Sparks, the podcast that delves into the captivating world of childhood, where sparks of imagination and potential ignite. I'm your host, Maria Bello, communications expert and passionate advocate for personal development. I believe that within each child lies a universe of infinite possibilities. And it's our responsibility to nurture those sparks of brilliance. On Racing Sparks, we'll engage in enlightening interviews, providing us with practical tools to support and cultivate resilience from an early age. Get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and transformed. This is Racing Sparks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Racing Sparks podcast. And today's episode is a very special one because it's dedicated to celebrate Black History Month. And for that, we have a very special guest, Patrick Mayer, founder of the LMS Foundation, where they help young students from diverse Quebec and Canadian backgrounds to shine in math and science, encouraging young Afro-Canadians and the possibilities of pursuing an education in the scientific field. So thank you so much, Patrick for being here and to joining us at the Racing Sparks podcast. First of all, thank you, Maria, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be there and to have this dialogue. Yeah, thank you. And Patrick, tell us a bit more about your background. Uh, I know you're a teacher, but tell us a bit more uh, who you are, what is your background, and what motivates you to found and create the Elements Foundation? Sure. Well, first of all, I'm a... I'm a graduate student from McGill University. I, uh, I have two degrees. One is in mathematics and physics, so I major in science, and the other one is in education. This allowed me basically to have a great career in education. So I was able to teach for about 15 years, teaching science, math, physics. I had a great career. I had the opportunity to teach multiple students from the two end of the spectrum, and they were able to win multiple awards. I introduced some students to robotics. They won robotics award. I introduced them mm -hmm. to science fair. They also won. And because of that, um, impacting the field of education, I was fortunate to win two consecutive awards in, uh, of excellence in teaching science, the first one in 2019, and the second one in 2020 with the Canadian Association of Physicists. Wow, in, that's impressive. With, in retrospect, when I'm looking at my career, I would say that the main reason that, that draw, the magnetic force that draw me to the educational field, it was uh, inner talent. Since I was young, I excelled in math, and public speaking, and I therefore had the opportunity to have multiple students around me. And when it was the time to decide in college, I said, why not? Let me jump into the field of education. But I also made a degree in math and physics because they were my, my strengths. So this is the overall panoramic view of, of my career. And after teaching a while, I just decided to transition to make a shift toward consulting, and mm -hmm. I am currently the president, as you mentioned, of Fondation LMS, where we have a mission for the youth diversity. We have Black students, but eventually every student from the diversity, from a, a math and science standpoint, we're trying to help them. That is one aspect of our mission. The second aspect is to work with parents and to collaborate so that their child, their children can benefit of tutoring to help raise the 
success rate in Quebec. So this is the overall, yes. overall view of my career. Yes. Amazing. No, I love it. And thank you for giving us this uh, introduction about your background. Now it makes totally sense why you're encouraging students to go through this field of science. Uh, tell us a bit more about the organization. Sure. Well, first we started by implementing uh, what we call a yearly conference. And that was just the aim was just to make sure that we provide the best effective strategy. So that's a yearly, I would say, educational event. Uh, mm -hmm. In terms of program, more on a regular basis, we do have tutoring to help single parent families. So we do have basically a tutoring program so parents, they can register their children and basically with a reduction, they will benefit of tutoring for their children in maths, mm -hmm. science, or français. This is where also they do have a need because a lot of them are allophone, which means that their second language is français. They might be uh, the first mother tongue as in Creole or another language. So we do have that tutoring program and we are currently developing that robotics camp. So the robotics camp, we do have the curriculum completed. We do have as well the, not only the curriculum, there is a learning book that will come out this summer, and it is a STEM learning book where the student will be able to find the uh, summary of all the concepts they need to build robot, to learn about engineering, to learn about AI, the artificial intelligence. So all this is prepared. So these are the two core, I should say, the two in program that's going to run on a regular basis. And we have some, you know, Functional event, like I said, the academy conference. Recently, we had a workshop. This is also a yearly event that's happening in February. And then we have more what we do. I, I tend to give back to the community with awards, with uh, scholarship. So at the end of the year, we also have basically scholarship that we give to the student according to Perseverance. And we introduce this year for STEM. So this is the overall view of the foundation, but the two main will be the tutoring program for the families and the robotics coding engineering program that we will have. So. Wow, that's impressive. And there's a lot of things that I would like to cover with you. But let's start from the first, from the beginning. Like you you work with parents and this this collective, the Racing Sparks Collective, basically, it's about that. It's like bringing all this information to parents and encourage them to keep lighting that spark that we all have. So what, in your experience, uh, are those challenges that you see parents are facing right now or even students to join these type of disciplines? And if, if there's any, do you know if there's any data around, like, how many students are like interested to be part of uh, this, this STEM program that is like science, technology, engineering, and mathematics? Uh, it's a twofold question. Um, yeah. First of all, what are the, um, if I start with the first one, um, I, I would say one of the good things about mm -hmm. the program is that we launched it when we had basically a subvention. We had a subvention from the government of Canada and mm -hmm. because of that subvention that we receive a grant, this allows us basically to cut down what we call the fees for the tutors. So mm -hmm. one of the challenges that parents 
they currently have, it's because obviously we offer quality service with professionals, such as tutor from university, tutor from McGill University Polytechnic. So there is a cost associated. But the grant allows basically to cut it down and make it affordable for the parents. So a lot of parents were able to join until the recover, let's see, the six months or the seven months of the grant. After that, some parents are still in need, but because it's a grant that need to be renewed, it's become more challenging for them if let's say that their, you know, their children need to get better during the summer, or if because according to the government, it's usually from March to March. And let's say that we have after that April, May, June, the parents still need assistance, but because the grant is no longer applicable, the cost can be very, very high. So I would say challenge number one of financial costs that the parent can face to join that program. Uh, second of all, I would say is in terms of how organization, because we have all the service provided, all the service provided, not only we offer them tutoring, but I also offer them consultant and specific mm -hmm. strategy to their children. So they are well supported. The only other challenge would be how do okay how do we make sure that we that the student that joined the program is still remaining how can I put it like this effective in terms of following the guideline applying the guideline because a lot of them join the program with sometimes they are discouraged because they had bad results so as they're working with the tutor they start to see some improvement. But when it's only once a week, we can provide tutoring according to the program once a week or twice a week maximum. The other days, how do we keep the student motivated if there's no conference, if there's no workshop, how do we keep them? So the parents, uh, during the week, they have support. During the weekend, they have no longer support. So if it was three, four times the frequency, if the frequency was greater, they will benefit. But most of them, have good results so far. Most of them has good results. So that will be only the two challenges. Number one, financial cost. Second, the frequency, because it's only twice a week that we offer that program. Now, uh, when we talk about the quantity of children or students that will join the robotics, as I need to pinpoint is that this program, first of all, is at the embryonic stage. Actually, I should say the foundation is at the embryonic stage, which means that we started in 2000. 18 so okay. december so basically by december is going to be six years nice currently five years and therefore we had conference we reached student internet at the international level so not only in quebec ontario but as well outside of quebec such as in africa so we are starting gradually to gain momentum and reach more people in terms of the robotic camps as i mentioned it will be um a factor of this year that will be completed. So currently we do have all the ingredients to make it works. And now we will launch and we will see the registration. Again, the robotics is supported by government grants. And because of that, we do already have the robots. We do have basically the robots equipment that will go for 20 to 25. This is based on the grant because the grants allow us to purchase basically the robot for the student now if i get to the core of your question how many 
can student join, how many students can join, it will be because of the parameters or the restriction of the grant, it will be 25. Because we don't want to charge them $499, $499, we don't want to charge them an expensive price, we got to be limited to the equipment that we're able to purchase with the grant. But so we have equipment for 20, therefore about 2025 20, could be able to join. If we remove the grant factor, it could be open and now the cost would be around 400, 399, but it become expensive for the youth diversity and family that live on a disadvantaged environment, different cities here. So this yeah. is the reason that we will be in that range, in that range. And, but in your experience, you think that um, kids are interested in this these disciplines um, or they're more interested in other ones? Like how, based on your experience, what do you think um, is this attractive? Keep, nowadays, now based on what you're saying, like I guess with AI, that's something that will increase more interest that it's already happening on, on be part of robotics and, and, and more into engineering. But in your experience, like it's data, is this an, there's an, uh, an increase on an interest or, or it's more like more parents encouraging their kids to do it and, and you as an organization supporting them to, to prevent, you know, like dropouts uh, during the programs. Maria, it's a great point of observation. AI is the new trend of the era of the year or even of the you know past five years, AI. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, it should draw the attention. But practically, the reality is that when I'm looking through the lens of our community, because most of the parents that use our service are from the diversity, so when we are looking at from that lens, the reality is that not a lot of them are really encouraged to join those type of camp. And this is where we're coming from. And this is why we are basically going to launch a promotion to let them know that about the benefits of STEM. If I speak, again, simple facts, I would say 95% of the camp during the summer are basically about you know basketball camp, soccer camp, music mm -hmm. camp, dance camp. This is what the students are exposed. Our camp, I would I need to mention right away that it's not only for the diversity; it is open to every nationality. So are really welcome. We have partners from that Center of the to Quebec, so everyone is welcome. Um, from my standpoint, to answer your question, in our community, I can currently see the. The uh, interest is not that is not there yet, but this is where we're coming with the foundation, where we're going to start to promote, where we're going to start to inform parents. A simple fact and statistics that we need to, I can mention to you, Maria, is that the uh, government economists, the Canadian economists, uh, made that estimation that about 80%, you know, of the work, of the job of the next decades will require basically skills in STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, about 80%. So this is, I think, a key information that parents need to be aware. Let's say that the student doesn't have a career in sport, in soccer, in, in basketball. If it happened, great. But if it doesn't happen, what is the plan B? Or mm -hmm. maybe what is the plan A? Because I usually say that you will always make 
become more wealthy intellectually than physically unless you play in a professional sport because your mind has the capacity to create to invent books your mind has the capacity to establish a business so always be willing to define your mindset yourself grow close the parentheses if i stick to the uh, to the student or to the parents my point to them as we're gonna launch is we need to start to prepare the youth diversity for the next job. We want them to get the best, you know, the best jobs as well. We need to make sure that they develop those skills because AI, it says statistically one more time, that that's a quantitative number, about 300 million jobs will be re replaced, okay? within that next decades that AI is progressing. Okay, mm -hmm. whether it's human resource, whether it's in automotive, whether about 300 million. So we need to make sure that our youths are ready and prepared. And this is the message that we're gonna come outside. This is what we're gonna start to promote to make sure that the interest is there. It's not optimal, but we're gonna start to make sure that it rises. So to answer your question, I will stop with that. I would yeah. say at a scale of one to 10, I would say the interest is about for because we're just starting we at, at the embryonic stage yeah okay and um yeah. i have another question here like in terms of i guess what what matters is because you you share that a lot of them they're interested on sports and arts and uh, mm -hmm. music for example right. so i guess it's also sharing them the beauty behind this disciplines as well as a talent that you can also like you have a talent and you can also develop it to in order to just like develop skills for future jobs or even to create your own business you know i guess it's like changing that mindset as you said of understanding Absolutely. better like another way of like how science can be seen like another lens of science in a more explorative way with them yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, there is definitely beauty in developing your skills in science, technology, engineering. One of the beauty of that is definitely the practical tools around us. Look at how marvelous, how wonderful that, for instance, we have an iPhone. This is a derivative. It is a ramification of engineering. It's engineering that, be the, you know, iPhone basically that use that technology behind, whether it's iPad or whether it's basically electrical cars. These are engineering. Now, a lot of electrical car, if you want a call, it's a type of mobile robots because the definition of a robot, by definition, it is two things. Number one, it is... It is a, mechan uh, a machine that can accomplish a specific task, or it is a machine that can be programmed or controlled to do a specific task. Now, a lot of electrical cars, the more advanced one, basically, they can pre-program to drive to parks. So all of this derive from engineering. And that, that is a beauty if a student starts to understand that is talent real helping to achieve a lot of great things. So this is one, one aspect of the question. Then you were talking about uh, the, 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 the lens. The, the, the reality is that when students start to be more exposed, okay, to what can be done with those skills in STEM, mm -hmm. then the likelihood or the probability they start to embrace it they start to have that new passion for it 
will be great. And if I may say, Maria, the best way to introduce that is not during the adulthood, because adulthood, your mind is already made. You already have your career choice. It is at the younger age that you can ignite, make that sparks rise, okay? That ignition come when they are seven, eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old. So if we introduce this at a young age, not only they might have already the talent, so it's a development, and they will see a lot of wonderful and beauty that can be done through the STEM program. Yeah. That's beautiful what you just said. And I guess also probably, I don't know, this is a question for you. Do you think there will be uh, good to change a bit of like the educational system in terms of like make it more explorative from the beginning, like the first seven years uh, of, 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 of a child, you know, that they are more, they're developing their personality, they're discovering. So in your experience as an educator, um, working with kids, what is your position on education system? Like, do you think that we... We should improve that will be other ways to introduce this type of science or disciplines uh, to, to children and not wait until you're older to pursue a career in, in this field and wait until you're too like older um, to discover, I don't know, physics or engineering. What is your position about that? I would say based on that experience that I have in the past, I would say definitely the education system has always been dynamic, not static, which means that as science progress, as we learn new, there were new concepts, new invention discovered. For instance, you know, Pluto used to be a, a planet. It is no longer a planet anymore. Uh, we use in certain books, they used to talk about matter used to be conserved. And now we know that matter is not conserved since, you know, the relativistic point of view of Einstein. So I'm expecting to have change implemented. The issue, or if I can put it this way, the, um, the, the real enigma is how long will it take to implement some changes? Mm -hmm. So, because eventually we do understand that the educational system are not run by teachers, they are run by administrators and ministers that makes law and therefore mm -hmm. it is passed down to the you know to the teacher afterward to run this into the classroom yeah. so at a first glance i would say yes how long it will take i cannot speculate on that but yes i'm expecting that the educational system to move in the same direction of ai right now we do have integrate we integrated a lot of practical practical aspects for the student because according to educational science we do understand now the student have different learning styles for instance mm -hmm. we do understand that some students are visual but some students are practical so now we have virtual experiment and we have practical lab as well but not only that we use all the technology to support the student uh, in the 1980s dyslexia was unknown Okay, but now we do understand that some student can be affected by dyslexia. So what we what the educational system has done now is that they have integrated an individual educational plan where those students with learning disability have some technology. They have a computer that basically they can use to for their test where the computer will be able to either read for them or 
you know, out loud for them so they can benefit. So there have been some change implemented to follow the development of technology, to follow the development of scientific research. It has been implemented. So to get again deeper to your question, yes, at the elementary, the curriculum now, they introduced to science. They introduced to science, but it's basic science. Can yeah. we have more? I should say yes, because now with the AI, it is so amazing that what can be done. And as an educator, my position, whether it's for a teacher or whether it's for a student, is the following, okay? From a teacher's standpoint, I would say teachers should use AI, okay? Chat GPT, they should use AI as an assistant, the same way that we use iPhone to send message to someone in America or for instance, in the United States, for instance, it's as an example, or in Italy or other countries, because it is assistant. So we should not be afraid of AI. However, the teacher who doesn't know how to use AI or the technology can be afraid to be replaced by someone who knows how to use it because this is the era of technology, the era of AI. Teacher needs to be efficient, effective, have new strategy, and adapt. That's a keyword. Teacher needs to adapt. So from mm -hmm. a teacher standpoint, from a student standpoint, I won't be against okay, AI for educational support. Obviously, we do understand that we need some boundary because in class, it has to be the own evaluation of you know the own knowledge of mm -hmm. the student however ai there's wonderful thing that can be done you can use it as a tutor to explain your concept to clarify to give you example a lot of support like this when a student knew how to use ai properly will be fine so the education system need to take that into consideration mm -hmm. uh, are we gonna have a course that teach ai we do have integrated engineering in the curriculum we integrated especially at the quebec curriculum sec four sec three there's a bit of engineering but now are we okay. going to integrate ai i think it will be done how long it will take this is the question to be uh to be solved until now we will wait but yes yes there will be some change implemented according to my experience in the education system good and in your organization are you encouraging or teaching or giving workshops about uh, artificial intelligence uh, for the students or not yet? Not yet. Actually, I, in a robotics class, in a robotics class, because I had a career as a math and physics teacher, and then now I'm currently in charge of the Foundation NMS, and time to time, they basically require my skills to, talk, to teach robotics at the set four level. And this is something where I go as an advisor and a consultant. I have a curriculum and I do share. Yes, I do basically implemented AI in the robotics curriculum that I share at the high school level, and it will be implemented in the robotic camps. The reason for that is, is very basic and simple. A lot of the new machine, they use AI. Whenever we're talking, well, they use AI and coding. AI encoding. So one of the example of AI, for instance, it's based on two things, uh, sensor, light sensors, 
okay, to be able to program a light sensors and to be able to inform the robots, okay, when you reach, for instance, light sensor, or it could be a block sensor, when you reach an obstacle stop. This is knowledge about coding and AI required. So yes, I gradually implemented only in the robotics, but not in the other curriculum aspect of the ministry. It is not there yet. But yeah. I think it is essential knowledge, yes. But that's that's great. And I guess the more, as you said, the more you can share this um, information and these skills from an early age, it's kind of like our generation when we started with internet and it was like the, the thing, the boom, and it was like, I don't know what's going to happen with this. And uh, it opened doors for many opportunities as well. A lot of danger are like it's an internet, right? It's it, everything has their pros and their cons. But I guess the more you get involved into it and you make it as a natural part of life, and education also helps to show for what it's good and for it's not good, that helps like new generations as well to use it wisely. And I guess organizations as the ones that you have, like they can support this 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 type of education from an early age and and as well for parents that probably are listening right now that are like you know like worried of like what is this uh AI or um new era i guess is is a good talk to to have right now of don't be afraid of sharing this information with your children or having programs or organizations as yours that are encouraging kids to go in through STEM and explore more science. I guess before we always see like the nerds, you know, like geeks in science and all that. But nowadays it's like, it's so necessary. You, you can't deny that it's there. And I guess when we're not informed is where damage can happen, right? So the more you are informed and the more you implement this information of what is this, this for, how I can use it and, you know, align it with a, with the solid values of how we can use it for the good. Right. 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 And you know what, Maria, you, you had a great point um, or a great analogy that you use with the internet. When the internet just arrived, people were a bit, you know, reserved resistance about using the internet. And then now we had that paradigm shift. Everyone is on the net. Every business is on the net. Every successful uh, people or book author are in the internet. My point is that you mentioned that there's pro and cons and in, now in the school, they started basically to show how students can be digital literate or don't understand how to navigate on the website, how to search on the website because among the entire uh, in, in, entire universe of information in the website, you got to be able to select, to filter the good information from the bad information. This mm. is where the teacher responsibility, when I used to uh, to teach about science fair, obviously this is an activity that is done outside of the classroom, in the classroom recovery curriculum. The student were responsible to search the information on the net for their science project. Now, this is where we had to talk about how do you identify you know, uh, right or correct, you know, website. It has to be, the source has to be from a government uh, mm. website. It has to have credibility of uh, experts such as a university or is it affiliated to a university? Well, a brief, uh, a brief of criteria that allow mm. them to take 
uh, reasonable choice about the information. So that was a good analogy. Then to your point, you mentioned about to the, the last part of the question as we need to encourage AI, the STEM, when we know the good part of it. I want to mention two things, good parts. And to my own opinion, what could be the greatest danger of AI, okay, if I can call it like this. But when we're talking about the, okay, benefits, there is unlimited benefit to AI for the new generation. We are currently in an era where we have to be efficient and effective. And time, time is a limited variable. It is a limited variable. So if we can do things effectively, that could be very, very, very great, okay? So AI not only allows students to understand better the concept if the teacher is not in the classroom, AI can generate a model, you know, of a CV the student, you know, need to, to work, a, a, a model. AI can generate multiple educational resources for the student to need, that mm -hmm. the student need. My only, and I would say main, some, some other consultant might have other one. I would say the uh, only danger of AI is brain atrophy. You know, the concept of muscle atrophy occur for the astronomers that they, they go into space. And when they go into space, because the gravitational force is smaller than on Earth, what happened, they go there, normally an astronomer, he needs to bring some, if he spend a lot of time, he will carry some weight to exercise because mm -hmm. gravitational force is weaker there. So if the gravitational force is weaker and he doesn't need that much force to displace or to move, his muscle can become weaker and weaker and weaker. This is muscle atrophy. And in parallel with AI, if you only relying on AI, if a student doesn't give, if we don't give some boundaries, okay, for the usage of AI, I would say the only, only, okay, um, cons would be brain atrophy in the sense that his reasoning skill become weaker because you only rely on AI to produce information for you or to generate work for you you no longer think anymore and as i mentioned to you before the mind the mind is a great asset whether you are a, a student whether you are a professional an entrepreneur you need to learn how to solve problems the reason that students are learning algebra in class x plus two x three x this is the curriculum i think is secondary Okay, yes, they need to know it, but the higher principle is to learn how to solve problem in real life. If they are at home, you learn about electricity, you know that, for instance, there are metal that conduct, some that do not conduct. How do you solve the problem? How do you take good rational decision? So if you only rely on AI, it might be weaken your reasoning skills. But beside that, I think... Uh, you know, it's wonderful to be able to use AI if parents give good boundaries, just like they give for the internet. There's a lot of bad information on the internet. You can find, you know, how to do bad things, all that. But if the student know how to use it, the internet will help him for homework, for assignment, and AI will be the same thing in a more optimal, efficient way. Definitely. And, and you said two, two main points that I guess we're all can be concerned about it. And I'm pretty sure parents are concerned about it. It's the critical thinking and the problem solving. Now, 
there are other ways that you can teach your children about this. I am a believer of practical uh, exercises. Uh, you brought an example of algebra or mathematics, but also putting your, your kids on scenarios, um, be creative on that part of like, let's do like problem solving and critical thinking. It's also like talking to them. And I always said this in my interviews, every time I interview someone, I go back to the parent. It's all about how you're gonna teach your children to do that. And to that matter, it's just like asking questions and, and make them also have this critical thinking, like they can connect the dots from all the information that they have. And I guess that also goes to uh, uh, caretakers and educators, right? Like not only rely on these tools, but how us as adults have the responsibility to teach them as well this problem solving situations of the daily life and critical thinking of like questioning things, right? Right, right, definitely. And as I mentioned uh, before, as you said, the practical aspect is very key, is fundamental. Whenever you bring the student to the, uh, you know, to the store, to the restaurant, you give him a certain amount, simple basic things, are you going to have enough for the invoice? You know, you already prepare the student to to think or to reflect about reasoning skill whenever you send it to the depanner, you wanna purchase, let's say, a, a bag of chips and a, a bottle of Coke, okay? Are you gonna have enough? Do you prepare him uh, with those type of elementary problem reasoning skills? So the practical aspect is very good. Also that there are students that will learn visually, uh, visually by mapping, by graph, by diagram. Also, mm -hmm. I think one of the key, uh, key, points that we receive from research is that students learn differently. And from that standpoint, as a parent, if you notice that your child learn more with visual concept, then you should basically take that tangent. If it is more practically, we need to give an approach that is more practical with cubes at home. The only point that I would like to mention is, is how do we get better in the educational field and sometimes in the community and parents we'll see that uh, practice make perfect. Well, as an educational consultant, allow me to give that metaphor. If you have a soccer player, for instance, basketball player or soccer player, and he's kicking the ball with the wrong technique, now he practiced five hours, wrong technique, 10 hours, wrong techniques, 15 hours, wrong techniques. Is there a possibility of improvement given that he has the wrong techniques? No, because he kicked the ball with the wrong technique. So my philosophy, that if I can rectify it as this, is practicing with the good techniques make perfect. So as long as we make sure that whenever the student is practicing, he has the actual technique. And I usually say that everyone can make mistakes. There is no problem about that. Actually, when we make mistakes, it's a sign that we're learning. If we we'll think learn. about it, the yeah. only time that we no longer make mistakes is because it's already mastered, such as walking. You know, a child, baby, will start his learning, he's going to fall. But when it is mastered, there's no and more mistakes. So, sorry? And we still fall sometimes. <laughs> uh, sometimes, yes, yes, yes. So it could be your fault if basically you are too hurry and you say, walk too hard. <laughs> but let's say in a normal situation, the yeah, child yeah. will walk and, and fall until he mastered it. So 
there is possibility as the child practicing that the child will make mistakes. But as parents, we need to overview that to, to make sure that the child is practicing with the good technique and like that, it's gonna get better, better and better. Yeah. Last so. question for you. How a parent can feel that they are giving the good technique? Do you suggest having organizations like yours, tutoring, like what other ways parents can feel supported to know that they're taking their kids on the right direction, offering them the good techniques? Right direction. Okay. I would say, number one, uh, their past experience. A lot of parents at that age, they went to school. They basically have gone through the curriculum that are similar. So they would have that basic level, you know, elementary, high school. By set four, set five, the mathematic concept, science concept becomes much more advanced and complex. And I do understand a parent that is working and that has forgotten because we know that we have two types of memories and the long-term memory only store main events that remember uh, a trip in, uh, in Greece, a trip in Las Vegas. But the short-term memory is only educational knowledge. And if it is not repeated, it's going to be lost. So in that case of a parent, the first step is past experience. Second step, I would say this is where you have um, tutors that can help side by side with your children to make sure that whatever they are practicing, what concept, topic they are practicing, they have the actual correct method of doing it. Number three, if a tutor is not accessible online, online video, because right now with the YouTube, there's a lot of educational video where even the concepts are explained online. So parents can always double check that to basically verify that the technique is accurate. Obviously, there's the book factors. There are some limited examples in the book. They can always refer to that. But in terms of efficiency, efficiency, given that, you know, a children is not a robot, need to pinpoint what is, it's not automatic. Oh, this is what you have good, but this is how you can improve. A tutor will be very good. And a YouTube video on educational, on the concept will be also very, very beneficial. Uh, lastly, obviously we do know that we have resource at the school level. So if beyond the classroom, a student will like, or parents recommend, the children to go and attend the tutorial of the teacher that can also help because of the teacher yeah. is the first one teaching it in class and might have that level of knowledge. But at home is number one, the past experience, number two, educational video, number three, a tutor that can work side by side with the parents. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, um, Patrick. And I am pretty sure like the Elements Foundation, it's doing an amazing job on encouraging kids and families to discover more about like STEM and get involved more into science, technology, and maybe sometimes don't feel like that it's an, another world that you have some limitations that you can't pursue a career. And this is a, you can, you can see that you have like amazing programs that can be more explorative and, and they can discover a bit more about what science and technology is. So Thank you so much for your time. Tell us uh, where people can find you 
uh, how they can connect with the, the organization and the next um, workshops that, that you have. I know you last weekend you had one very interesting. Um, so tell us a bit more about how people can, can reach out and, and discover all the programs that you have. Well, thank you again, Maria, for this opportunity. The first way to reach me, it's the most common through our website. is www.fondationlms.org. This is where we display all the services that we have. And within that website, there will be a phone number where you can reach the organization to reach us. And it's also possible within that website to communicate uh, with true email. So this will be the first way. We will be glad to answer questions and to serve the community, actually all community at this level. LMS Foundation, it is there not only to introduce students to STEM, the youth diversity to STEM, but part of our mission is to make sure that they can exceed their limits, exceed their limits sometime because of past experience, because of personal experience, or because of the society of opinion, we can be categorized in one aspect where we can succeed. But the idea, the reality, if the children, if the child is gifted in art, then go into arts. If the child is gifted in science, then go into the science field. If it is gifted in readings, then go and write a book. If the child is gifted socially, then go be a lawyer, be a speaker. We want to make sure that you exceed the limit. That's part of our mission. And we will always be there to encourage the student through perseverance. Currently, Maria, the dropout rate is 13.5% in the province of Quebec. 13.5, mm. that represents approximately about 100 to, to, to 10,000 of students dropping out for school for different scenarios. So this is part of our mission. We're talking about annually, okay? During wow. the pandemic, during the pandemic, it was higher. It was between 20%, but now it's reduced, but still 13.5 with all the students in the Quebec population that are dropping out from school. And we want to make sure that they understand the fundamental, the fundamental key of perseverance. No one can reach their dream without perseverance. It is a variable that is necessary for every student. And hopefully parents can basically through our service benefit of it because it is open to the entire community. So this is the Foundation LMS and last workshop that we're going to have. I need to mention that the next one will be, we just had one there. The next workshop will be basically in September. It will be an academic conference, but I'm going to give you an insight on the past workshop. The past yes, workshop please. was for perseverance and like history month, but one key of perseverance that we give to the student, one key of perseverance is to understand that making a mistakes is not failure. Everyone can make mistakes, whether it's math, physics, science. It's only when you quit that it becomes failure. So if you are children, if your parents are listening to this, let know your child that it is okay. It is okay because we are not perfect. It is okay. Actually, technology sometimes sends a message. Everything needs to be quick and fast. Click for text, mm -hmm. click for a picture, click for audio. But success, it's a process that requires perseverance. That means you start, you are keep putting the effort, you're putting the effort, you're putting the effort. That's the process of perseverance. So that was our last workshop. 
And the next one is an academy conference that will occur during September. That will be Exceed Your Limits. That's our oh, next event. There will be, yes, there will be information that will come about it. Yes. Wow. People, like, I guess, like, all what you're sharing, it's so, so insightful and it's great to share, especially, like, there's so many highlights right now. Like, the the perseverance, like, the the that fear of failure, it's not a failure. You're learning. Uh, I saw quotes the other days, like, you don't fail, you learn. And you said something very valuable here. It's like, the moment you quit is when you fail. Exactly. But it's all about the progress. And it's okay as well to quit if you feel that definitely it's something that you no longer align with or it doesn't bring that spark to you, that it's okay as well. But quitting from a conscious mind and not quitting because you feel that you're failing, right? Um, and that the perseverance, I love, I love that concept that you give because it's very aligned with all that self-compassion to know that you're just learning you're another human that you're discovering new things and it's all about that process of exploring the world right absolutely right absolutely but yeah only quitting uh when you don't feel it's okay but quitting on your dream only when you quit on your dream this is when you have failure Walt Disney had a dream he was refused putting aside for more than 70 times rejected for more than 70 times he never quit He has that inner conviction that his dream will happen. He never quit. And now one of the most, you know, amusing part, that draw that is magnetic mm -hmm. all around the world, that bring people, children, senior, is the Walt Disney part. So never mm -hmm. quit on your dream. You don't fail. But if you quit, but hopefully everyone can have the courage to keep that perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love this. Thank you so much. And, uh, All the best with all this uh, organization, all the actions that you guys are doing. People reach out if you feel interested to know more about their tutoring and their programs. And I hope we can keep in touch to navigating this amazing uh, field of science and education for children. Great. Thank you very much, Maria, for the time, for this opportunity. It was a pleasure to have that conversation and dialogue. And I wish you all the best. Okay. Thank you. Welcome. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with fellow parents, educators, and anyone who believes in the power of raising the next generation with love and understanding. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Raising Sparks. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights that you can carry forward. Your support helped reach more listeners and continue this crucial conversation. So I welcome you to leave an honest review and follow us on social media at Racing Sparks Collective, where you can find additional resources, show notes, and links to connect with our incredible guests. Find Racing Sparks at your favorite podcast platform, and let's ignite a brighter future together. See you next time.